Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to the 2023 Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. And now, your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. So how are your New Year's resolutions going, Ken Flo? Good to be back with all of you folks after the bye week for us. Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. It is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, and we are back with our first episode of the Anakin Florian Podcast for the New Year, presented by DraftKings. Ken Flo, a little under the weather to begin 2024. How are we feeling? Yeah, it got a little cold. You know, like my, my daughter gets sick, my son gets sick, my wife gets sick, and then, you know, I thought I was, I was in the clear, but uh, no, I always tend to get it last, though, so that's kind of a win, but yeah, I'm a little stuffed up, man. How, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I was pretty nasally myself over the weekend. My wife asked for Christmas. The only thing she wanted was one night in Miami. And of course, I was uh, sick as a dog. So uh, (laughs) we had a good time at the Mandarin Oriental Miami. They're going to demolish actually the whole goddamn thing and create something absolutely incredible right there on the water in Miami, Florida. But it was nice to have a little UFC respite. Of course, next week on Monday, we're back with you getting you ready for the UFC's first live event of the new year. January 13th. But today, ladies and gentlemen, is the ninth annual AFPAS, the Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. Now, we could do 15, 20, 25 categories. We have 10 categories for you today. Ray Longo is going to join us for the back half of the episode. He has winners for some of our high profile categories, such as Knockout of the Year. I think he'll give you a Male Fighter of the Year and also a Personality of the Year. We used to do a Hottest Male Fighter of the Year. <laughs> And I gave that award to Tyron Woodley once. And T. Wood was in the news, actually, on uh, on New Year's Day. I almost pulled out my Tyron Woodley UFC welterweight champion T-shirt to wear today. You didn't think I was going there, Ken Flo. I did not think you were going there. All I will say, <laughs> I had buckets of respect for T. Wood before what some of you might have seen. And now I have even more respect for my man. <laughs> All right, so we have 10 awards to hand out today, but there have been some mixed martial arts headlines, Kenny, since we last convened, so I'd like to talk about a few of those things, and then we will rifle into the awards. All right, unless you have been living under a rock or you became a mixed martial arts fan today and somehow stumbled upon this podcast, you know that Conor McGregor posted on Instagram that he will return International Fight Week 2024, June 29th, Las Vegas, Nevada, T-Mobile Arena against Michael Chandler. And he suggested this fight would be at 185 pounds. Now, there's only one man in UFC history who has won a fight in four different UFC weight classes. And God damn it, if I'm not looking at him right now. So Kenny <laughs> Florian won fights in the UFC at 145 pounds, 155 pounds, 170 pounds, and 185 pounds. Now, I know you and our esteemed producer, Cody Merrill, were talking in our pre-show meeting that you guys don't necessarily take Connor at his word here, at least when it comes to the weight class. So... Before we get into 185 versus 170 versus 155, do you take Conor McGregor at his word that it will be Michael Chandler and it will be June 29th, International Fight Week 2024? 
Gosh, very interesting. Um, I, I will say this. If we can get a poll question going, uh, Kenny Florian, the most versatile fighter in UFC history or the dumbest fighter in UFC ah, history to right. compete in four different weight classes? Um, yeah, listen, I, I think it's going to happen, right? I think the fight is going to happen. I think he also has a tendency of messing with his opponents, right? Always messing with their minds. First, he was saying, hey, the fight's off. I'm going to fight somebody else. He's been playing with weight classes, all those things. Regardless, I think the fight is going to happen. Whether it whether it happens at 155 pounds or not, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe if we see something in the middle, maybe a 160 pound weight, uh, like catch weight or something like that. But I do think it's going to happen. Um, I think it's a fantastic fight. I think it's the right fight for both men at this point in their careers. It's a fight that I think must happen, especially you know given their history with the Ultimate Fighter and all the you know going back and forth between those guys. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen at 185 pounds. I think it is, you know, the mind games of Conor McGregor messing with his opponents yet again, um, trying to win, uh, you know, the battle before he wins the war. I do think that there are a lot of layers to this. I do take Conor McGregor at his word that it is going to be Michael Chandler promotionally. I think they want to preserve that fight. They did build an ultimate fighter season around the matchup. It does make sense. I would agree with you. Now, Jorge Gamebred Masvidal did post on X yesterday that he has unretired. And certainly there have long been legs for a fight between Conor McGregor and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. But I think Michael Chandler deserves this fight. He's sort of been idling and biding his time. I hope Michael Chandler gets this fight. In terms yeah. of the weight class, though, Kenny. And by the way, yeah, I think Ken Flo equal parts talented and dumb, right? For cutting down <laughs> to 145 pounds, but also going in there with 185-pound fighters like Chris Lieben. But I digress. As far as the weight class is concerned, Kenny, I have long been frustrated that Conor McGregor has not competed in what I believe is his optimal weight class, 155 pounds in the UFC. He has one singular win at lightweight in his UFC career. It was for the title against Eddie Alvarez. He never defended the lightweight championship. And I don't believe for a second that this fight with Michael Chandler is going to take place at 155 pounds, even though that would make the fight, in my mind, exponentially more relevant as far as one of the belts is concerned. Let's hope they don't do Leon Edwards and Conor McGregor for the UFC's undisputed welterweight championship, right? I mean, Conor McGregor certainly does not deserve that opportunity, but as the biggest name in mixed martial arts history, I wouldn't put it past him to get a championship fight upon this return. I don't think it's going to be that. I don't think it's going to be 155 pounds. I just hope it's not 85, Kenny. Like, what, what are we doing? If this fight is at middleweight, what are we doing, and who would you give the advantage to if neither party had to really cut weight? Oh, gosh. You know, yeah, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense, obviously, to be at 185 pounds. Um, I, I think it, it's going to favor the heavier guy, who I believe is Conor McGregor at this standpoint. Right. Um, and, you know, he, he's going to be taller. I believe he's taller already. But as far as size, you know, I, I think it's a much tougher weight cut for him. Um you fight at 155 pounds so i don't know it, maybe it's at 170 pounds or something like that but still even that doesn't necessarily make sense you know i, I don't think defeating mike chandler at 170 pounds warrants a, a title shot against right. leon edwards after that if i'm leon edwards i'm trying to make the case and go yeah absolutely yes conor mcgregor deserves it you know that's the that's the money fight it's the money fight for a reason but uh, uh, again, this is tough for me as a former fighter because 
you want to reward merit and you want these guys who are participating in the organization to understand that there is a ladder that is a straight path or, or somewhat of a straight path to the title. Um, and I think it would piss off a lot of fighters if Connor was able to skip the line. However, what cannot be denied is Conor McGregor is the biggest name in mixed martial arts history at this time. When he's just he's one of the biggest sports figures in the world. That that is something we really didn't see from MMA before that. Um, so, you know, you have to factor that in at standpoint, and and I think also that's why he should be fighting at 155 pounds because it's a much stronger case if the fight takes place at 155 pounds for him to potentially get that next title shot. And of course you have the history with the Dagestani fighters, you know, to go in there against Islam Hasha. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. And we will get to Leon Edwards and his assertion that he is going to defend his belt at UFC 300. Presumably, I think it would be UFC 303 on June 29th. Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler would be your headliner. But you're right, a win for Conor McGregor over Michael Chandler, let's say at 170 pounds, right, beating a lightweight contender at 70 doesn't make you the number one welterweight contender. Dana White doesn't like catchweights. I would be very surprised if this thing happens at 60 or 65. I'd be most surprised if Conor McGregor actually cut down to 56 or 55. My expectation is that it is going to be a welterweight fight, but I'm not as dismissive of 85 as you and Cody. I hope that you guys are right here, but... You know, if Conor McGregor wants to return in June and not cut any weight or maybe cut from 92 to 85, uh, certainly he's well within his right to ask for that. But it does seem as though Dana White and Conor McGregor got together in United Arab Emirates, and it does appear as though Conor will be back June 29th against Michael Chandler. And that is good news for everybody in the MMA space. Leon Edwards, Kenny, suggests that his next title defense will take place at UFC 300. Rumored to be against Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad. Obviously, Bilal, close friend of the program. We don't have confirmation on that front. Ariel Helwani reported that Shavkat Rachmanov was also considered, but that report suggested that Rachmanov was past tense. Now, again, a lot of layers to this, Kenny. I sort of outlined the dates on Ramadan and how if Leon Edwards really wanted to be strategic, get all the pay-per-view points that come with UFC 300 and also make Bilal Muhammad have his entire training camp during Ramadan, which ends on April 9th, which would be during fight week for UFC 300. So your thoughts on Edwards having defended his belt in December, making a relatively quick turn here and uh, speculating. I know, but do you think it'll be Bilal and do you think it's going to be UFC 300 here? I think it will be Bilal. And, and I think it's a fight that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Bilal has been waiting in the wings. He is uh, more than deserving of the opportunity. And I also think Leon Edwards needs to capture this attention at this standpoint, I, I think, in a lot of ways, as an athlete, as, as a businessman, to go and, and have this quick turnaround. Um, and, and people and for people to remember uh, his name uh, right? and, and to see how good he is, potentially, against someone like Bilal. And I'm also really curious to see what kind of adjustments and what Bilal has learned from the first time they went against each other. Of course, it didn't last long, but um, obviously some controversy with that first one. Um, I, I think it's going to be a very technical, strategic fight. Both these men fight in that manner. Um, Bilal, more of a grinder. But I, I think that's a fight that makes a lot of sense, man, and uh, can't wait to see it. So Bilal Muhammad and Leon Edwards fought in 2021. And don't forget, it was a short notice opportunity for Muhammad. That was to be Leon Edwards versus Hamzat Shimaev. I think it was actually the third time they tried to put that fight together. Now, Leon Edwards will be favored 
over Bilal in this rematch and perhaps prohibitively so just based upon the success that he was realizing in that second round against Bilal Muhammad before the inadvertent eye poke led to the no contest. But let us be clear. Not only is there no Muhammad bias here, both of these guys are much better than they were in 2021. I would argue that Leon Edwards has improved exponentially since that first fight. All the championship experience that he's accrued. And for Bilal Muhammad, he's just a completely different guy than he was in 2021. I'm not suggesting he's now some otherworldly striker, but he has improved so much in that realm of the game. And I just think it's a more competitive fight than perhaps the short sample size we saw uh, back in 2021. Either way, I think the overriding sentiment is a good thing. And to your point about Leon Edwards riding the wave, he took nine months off after that first title defense against Kamara Usman last March. This would be taking just three months off, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Even if that's not your headliner, maybe that's your co-headliner, and you have another title fight at the top of the bill. But uh, looks as though Leon Edwards is going to fight at UFC 300, and we'll see if the opportunity indeed goes to the deserving Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad. All right. Ninth annual. Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. We call them the AFPAs. We got 10 awards to hand out for you here today, but it's actually 11 because when we got to knockout of the year, Kenny, and Ray Longo is going to hand out a few awards as well. I had a list of 28 knockouts that could have been our knockout of the year. It was the hardest category by far. So we're each going to give you two knockouts of the year as part of the Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. Just wanted to thank our executive producer, Cody Merrow, and our audio engineer, Will Berger, off the top. These guys have been working through the holiday to bring you some of the, these special moments from 2023. With all of that, and without further delay, we get you our 2023 Anakin Florian Podcast Awards, and we begin with Ken Flo's UFC Rookie of the Year. Kenny Florian's 2023 Rookie of the Year, Bo Nickel. Oh, he's got, oh, he's got the neck. Jamie's talking to him. Yeah, he's grimacing too. There it is. Yeah, he's not grimacing now. Yet. He, he wants to maintain control of the body, DC. There's the tap! submission in round one, just the way he showed up in the debut. Man, I feel at home. Uh, you know, I've been training my whole life for this. I feel like I was born, bred, and uh, I train every day so I can come out here and dominate, and that's what I did. Necessarily tonight. Wow. 5 0 for Bo Nickel, who turns the tide and puts the power on Woodburn. Man. Yeah, I listen. For me, this was a pretty easy one, John. Uh, you, of course, have had the opportunity of, of witnessing the Bo Nickel phenomenon right in front of you. And this is a guy that is just special. You look at his wrestling career, multiple time NCAA Division I national champion out of Penn State. Uh, one of the best wrestling programs in the last couple decades um, under Kale Sanderson. And he has taken all that success, all that hard work that he's been doing since he was a kid. His dad was a wrestling coach. He considers his dad a, a leader. For a lot of guys who are interested in hearing more about Bo Nickel, there's a great podcast with him on Jocko Willick, and it gives a great insight into his mentality and how he trained and how he's been preparing for these big moments in the UFC now. He's 5-0, and John. All finishes, three knockouts, two submissions. Seeing what he did uh, in his last fight in particular with this striking in his fourth, 
you know, if you were to take that like little maybe five, 10 seconds of striking, you'd think this guy was a striker. I mean, that's how special he is. Phenomenal grappler. Uh, God bless anyone who just considers him a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's a problem, man. He'll submit anybody. Uh, and of course, his takedown game. This is a guy that I truly think can not only be a champion, but one of those champions that people remember for a very, very long time. I'm putting a lot of pressure on Bo Nickel, but yeah, that was an easy, an easy one for me. Bo Nickel is my rookie of the year. Great family, athletes on both sides of his family. And I think for a lot of people, a no doubter as the 2023 rookie of the year. It is interesting when you talk to him, he's so thoughtful outside the octagon and then short sample size inside the octagon. He has been phenomenal. But Shail Sonnen did wonder aloud recently about this matchup with Cody Brundage at UFC 300. And Shale's thesis statement was sort of, what are we doing here trotting him out there as a minus 1,400 favorite again? Now, Jailton Almeida is an example of another guy who sort of burst onto the scene. But Kenny, he had a lot more experience than Bo Nickel. And I think part of the reason the UFC is slow playing this is because the dude showed up on the Contender Series. He was like 1-0 or 2-0. But as much as I like Cody Brundage as an athlete, I just don't quite understand exactly why this is the fight that they are putting together. I'm not suggesting that they need to give Bo Nickel somebody in the top 10, but I know you're not prepared to answer this question necessarily, but at what point are we going to give this guy somebody in the top 15 or the top 20 and not have these, at least what look like on paper, showcase fights where he's a near minus 2,000 betting favorite? Like, when are they going to rip the Band-Aid off and put on paper a fight that gets the fans intrigued that Bo Nickel might actually lose? Yeah, now I've probably sounded like a broken record when talking about guys and, and having this opportunity, the Hamzat Chimaev, the guys that are coming into the UFC with not a whole lot of experience. And I always err on the side of caution in that I would like to see them accrue way more experience. Are we looking at this from a short-term perspective or are we looking this at this from a long-term perspective. And now, I'm also looking at this from Bo Nickel and his team's perspective. And if I want my guy to be in there for as long as possible, and when he gets that opportunity to face that top 15 guy, that top 10 guy, that top 5 guy, and that championship opportunity, I don't want that to be a learning experience for him. I want him to go out there and win that damn thing every single time. And I think because of that, um, you need experience. Talent is one thing, skills are another thing, and experience is quite another. What someone can do in the gym or what we think they can do is very different than, than how it plays out uh, on fight night in the UFC. It's just a whole different level. And why I, why you know while I would agree with you guys that skill-wise and what we've seen and the dominance that he's um, shown in the UFC uh, warrants a much higher level fighter, um, I, I would say experience wise, I think it's just about right. It is only five fights at this stage of the game. And I would like to see him get a little bit more experience, especially if the UFC is seeing him as a potential cash cow, a dominant champion in the future. Hey, let's slow it down a little bit. Let him build up, gain that experience, make those mistakes. So by the time he is in there against the league competition, he's able to adjust and win when he needs to. And we'll see what Cody Brundage can do. I know he's excited for the opportunity, and I'm curious what he and Factory X's Mark Montoya can come up with in terms of a game plan. What a career opportunity for Cody Brundage. I guess I'm just a little bit surprised, as Chill was, at the nature of that particular fight booking. But we congratulate Ken Flo's 2023 UFC Rookie of the Year, Bo Nickel. All right, my rookie of the year, there was just no way we were going to get through this show without getting some hardware for this man. My 2023 rookie of the year goes to 
John Annex 2023 Rookie of the Year, Diego Lopez. Man, has he busted through the door in 2023. I feel incredible. It's been a dream of my life to be here at Madison Square Garden. And thank you for all of you to support me. Uh, this is the fruit of all the work that I put in. 23rd Pro Win DC, 21st finish, 14th in the first round. We talk, of course, about the grappling, the BJJ black belt, ninth career win by knockout or TKO for the oncoming force, the budding mixed martial arts superstar, Diego Lopez. Only man or woman a bonus in three UFC fights in 2023, Diego Lopez, UFC fight pass for the audio credit throughout the show. And unlike Bo Nickel, there is no knocking nor disputing the strength of schedule for Diego Lopez. Steps up to face Mobsar Yevloyev on a week's notice at UFC 288 when Bryce Mitchell suffered a shoulder injury. And then nearly submits a guy who is now 16-0 in the number nine ranked featherweight in the world. Then he followed that quote-unquote loss up with finishes of Gavin Tucker in 98 seconds by triangle armbar. And then he TKO'd Pat Sabatini, as you heard, in 90 seconds in November at UFC 295. Diego Lopez, Kenny... I don't know what the ceiling is, right? I do believe that this is a guy who is going to contend in 2024. Could have been my breakout star of the year for 2023. He'll have to settle for uh, for rookie of the year, and I can't wait to see what he brings to the octagon next year. It would have been an easy winner for hair of the year as well, but no, he's super talented, man. I, I just love his attitude as well. Just seems like one of the real good guys in the sport, and he's a gamer, man. When those lights are shining, uh, he is as well. So I'm excited to see what he brings in 2024. Definitely a big game player. Congratulations to Diego Lopez, my 2023 UFC Rookie of the Year. All right, that brings us to breakout star of the year, and there were many, of course, not just in the UFC, but across all the mixed martial arts. Impa Kasanga and I could certainly get the hardware here. For me, though, there was one guy I sort of homed in on for this award, and safe to say, few middleweight contenders had a bigger 2023 than the guy who deserves the purple shorts. John Annex, 2023 Breakout Star of the Year, Brendan Allen. He's trying to fight the best guys, the highest ranked guys he can get his hands on. Allen, a very threatening talent on the he's ground. Got he's got the choke. There it is. Number 10. There's the tap. Five in a row for Brendan Allen. There is no denying him now. And immediately Allen comes over to the booth. He's been trying to get ahead of this Daniel Cormier yes, post fight yes. interview all week. Yeah, yeah. His fellow Louisiana. What a moment for Brendan Allen. Four of his five on this winning streak have come like this. Make it five of six. Another tap out victory. Everything Brandon Allen said he was going to do in this match, he did and followed through and did it exactly the way he said he was going to do it. I'm getting more and more comfortable. I'm not even in my prime yet. I'm coming. I'm a problem. I don't want to talk about it. I'm about it. Come see me if you want it. Who won the fight? This looks to me like one of the best middleweights in the world right now, just waiting now for his shot against a top five guy. We got money. <laughs> Cody, nicely job on the edit there. So Brendan Allen, 28 years of age as of December 28th. So he had 28 pro MMA fights before his 28th birthday. 
23 and five overall. He's won six in a row. Kenny, five of his last six wins have come by rear naked choke, which I believe to be very telling. That included all three of his wins this year over Andre Muniz, Bruno Silva, and Paul Craig, masterfully handling a lot of different stylistic challenges along his way. I think he poses, as I've said here on the Anakin Florian podcast, an entirely different threat to guys at the top, like Sean Strickland, Drakus Duplessis, Israel Adesanya. Sean Strickland's only submission win in the UFC came in 2014 against Bubba McDaniel at UFC 171. He did beat Brendan Allen head-to-head in 2020. There were some extenuating circumstances before that fight. Maybe we see a rematch for the title this year. But Kenny, I'm all in on Brendan Allen. The way he is putting these elite middleweights away suggests to me that he could have a big 2024. He's my breakout star of the year for 23. Your thoughts? No question about it. I think that he's been one of those guys I've always been impressed with skill-wise. Um, and I was kind of always waiting for him to put it all together. When is he going to get the mind uh, up to up to par with the skills and the experience, all that stuff? Well, that happened in 2023. So I love the pick. He's well on his way to a potential title shot, I think, in 2024, maybe one more fight, two more fights potentially. Um, but he matches up with a lot of the guys extremely well uh, yeah. up, up the top five. So uh, congratulations. Absolutely. All right, congrats to Brendan Allen, my 2023 breakout star of the year. Ken Flo, of course, as he is contractually required to do, went in a different direction. Kenny Florian's 2023 breakout star of the year, Sean Strickland. Oh! A huge right hand for Sean Strickland! Oh, Adesanya shows Hilly! Adesanya back to his feet! Oh, Strickland applying a wall of pressure! Adesanya circles out! A major moment only for the underdog! You know what's crazy is Sean Strickland, outside of those push kicks, hasn't thrown one kick. Oh, I know. He's boxing the entire time. A jab and a two, and he's winning a championship fight with him. That right hand got the champ's attention. And it doesn't look like he's doing much, but look at how beat up Izzy is. Izzy's face is battered, man. Oh, my goodness. Likelihood, Sean Strickland oh my God. has oh produced one of the biggest upsets in UFC championship history. Sean Strickland just came to Australia and won. And now, undisputed UFC middleweight champion of the world. Sean Carson Strickland! What is this? What is this? Ladies and gentlemen, I am with the new middleweight champion in the world, Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland, how good does that feel, man? Am I dreaming? Am I going to wake up? Somebody hit me. Oh my God, you guys. Oh, that's so great. Uh, man, Bruce Buffer announcing fighters still gives me the chills to this day. Um, you know, listen, Sean Strickland, uh, for me, w- was a pretty easy pick. Now you're like, well, you're picking a champion as breakout star of the year. Well, yeah, I am. I, I think this was an amazing year for him. Undefeated in 2023, uh, beating high-level competition. Uh, of course, you know, it culminating with um, the win over Israel Adesanya in enemy territory. And when you look at what he was able to do in that fight against one of the most intelligent fighters out there indicates that Sean Strickland is a 
far smarter fighter than people give him credit for. You know, I think he leads with that toughness, and he, and he is certainly tough. There's no question about that. But his ability to pick guys apart, figure out a way to beat them, I think was maybe the most shocking you know, part about that. It would be, I think, you know, less shocking if you went out there and, and did finish Israel Adesanya in round one. It'd be like, hey, listen, anybody can get hit with a shot. But to masterfully outposition Israel Adesanya to find out those weaknesses and vulnerabilities and then expose them and execute on that when it counts to me, just gave me so much more respect for Sean Strickland. You may not like what he says, but you have to respect the man. What he accomplished last year was just nothing short of amazing. Absolutely deserves it. Got that opportunity, uh, made the most out of it, and, and I'm excited to see what he does in 2024. So to go from a guy that maybe was, you know, certainly top 15, no question about that, but a guy I don't think a lot of people thought, hey, I, I don't know if he's championship material, though. Well, he absolutely is, and he did it against one of the greatest to ever do it in Adesanya. Nicely done, and I think in terms of the true definition of the award breakout star, he became a star this year, right? Maybe Brendan Allen, a breakthrough fighter, breakout fighter, right, hasn't sort of crossed that threshold to become a star. That's why they haven't let him wear the purple shorts yet, but hopefully 2024 is the year for Brendan Allen, but congratulations to Sean Strickland. Probably not done receiving awards today, Ken Flo's 2023 breakout star of the year. All right. That brings us to our 2023 Robert Fallis coach slash corner man or woman of the year. And for some of our newer viewers and listeners, Kenny, they may not know who Robert Fallis was. So if you'll just allow me 40 seconds or so, we have named several of our awards after prominent members of the MMA community who have passed away. I will never forget getting a text from my colleague, Megan Olivia. I'm sitting on a plane flying back from Winnipeg after a Fox event late 2017. And I found out that Robert Fallis had committed suicide. He was one of the founding members of both Team Quest and Extreme Couture. He grew up a Jehovah's Witness. And if you don't know about that religion, there is obviously a lot to it. They don't celebrate birthdays. And there's a lot of, of layers. I, I suggest that you read about Jehovah's Witnesses if you don't know about it. But ultimately, that background and those formative years laid the foundation for this decision to end his life and sort of not overcome the mental challenges that had plagued him. Um, I was close with Robert at the time of his passing. You know, two weeks after he died, I had breakfast with his brother and his girlfriend, Myra, and just talked about how wonderful a man he was. This really hit a lot of people hard. And uh, every year we take a minute to acknowledge this individual. And for my money, maybe the sweetest man in all of MMA and one of the best mixed martial arts minds, Kenny, of all time. So Robert Fallis is the guy who we memorialize with our coach or corner man of the year. And uh, to that end, let us get you Ken Flo's 2023 recipient for Robert Fallis coach of the year kenny florian's 2023 robert fallis coach of the year marcos pahumpa damata it's it's important it's important that you understand that inside the half bar he has no he has no attacks i couldn't take her down i know coach pahumpa will be very mad at me <laughs> won his final mixed martial arts fight at a ripe 45 years old the great Pahupa Marcos Damata. It's a team effort that we've been putting together with Alexandra Pantoja for the last five years. You know, Steve Moko, Dan Lambert, you know, um, uh, everybody, all the training partners that we have over there. It's amazing. It's an American top team winning. 
Oh, man. I, it's my pleasure to uh, announce that uh, Pajon Pena, Marcus Damata, is my cornerman of the year. Listen, you, you heard a little snippet of, of what he's able to add uh, to, to his corner in between fights, giving him the right advice at the right time, uh, whether it's technical advice, whether it's, you know, uh, lifting their spirit. Those are all things that cornermen need to do. They need to be a brother, a dad, uh, you know, whatever it is to get it done through training, through the fight. And for me, uh, Pahopa has been that guy, one of the busiest guys in the world, John. I can't tell you how many weekends I saw him at PFL events, only to see him the next day on television in the UFC. He's one right. of the hardest working guys in the sport. He works with guys that are up and coming from Fakhradinov uh, to uh, Magomed, Magomed Karamov, a champion of the PFL this year. Uh, Armand Sarukian, a guy yeah. who could be a champion of the future. Uh, and of course, Pantoja, who he mentioned, who is a champion. Uh, in the UFC. So, you know, he works with so many different fighters. He had so much. And to see a guy who comes from that jujitsu background and who has given back on the level that he has given back to American top team, American top team is so lucky to have him. He always makes fun of me for my crutch word. Phenomenal. But Pahopa, you deserve it, buddy. Great job. And it gives me chills just to hear you give the award to Pahumpa. You heard Cody repurpose some of the audio from way back in the day on the Anakin Florian podcast when we talked to our good friend Pahumpa. He was my jujitsu coach for a time. I have since quit the gentle art, incidentally, but we're supremely close with him. I'm so glad that he got your award. Long overdue. His connection with Alessandre Pantoja is unbelievable. And to see those two men realize a world championship together this year, just absolutely incredible. We congratulate Ken Flo's 2023. Robert Fallis, corner man of the year, Pahumpa. All right, so for me, so many directions in which I could go. You know, Eric Nixick is a dear friend. He's been acknowledged by many of these websites as their coach of the year. Easily could have gotten my award for his work, not just with Sean Strickland, but with Francis Ngannou and so many other extreme couture athletes. My coach of the year award, though, essentially was wrapped up in March. I told this man to his face in April that he was my coach of the year. Francisco Grasso, the uncle of Alexa Grasso, he has coached her entire career, cornered her to the world title back in March. But more than that, if you look at the body of work for this man, he has methodically built so many of these fighters into high-level boxers, and then from there into high-level mixed martial arts athletes. Irene Aldana fought for the belt this year, then came back strong, closed out the year in a fight-of-the-year contender against Cadol Hosa. Diego Lopez is the team's goddamn jiu-jitsu coach. Have you seen him fucking box? Who deserves the credit? Francisco Grasso, right? Look what he's done with Diego Lopez's striking. I mean, it's unbelievable. And Alexa Grasso, of course, the female fighter of the year for most people, I'm not sure why her head coach isn't getting the accompanying acknowledgement. He gets it here. Francisco Grasso, my Robert Fallis Memorial Coach of the Year for 2023. All right. That brings us to the live underdogs, although some of these underdogs weren't necessarily live going into those fights. We transition to our 2023 UFC Upset of the Year. We start with Kenny's Upset of the Year, Dateline Sydney. Kenny Florian's 2023 Upset of the Year. Sean Strickland versus Israel Adesanya. He put his number four ranking on the line against an unranked Alex Pereira when no top five middleweight contender was willing to do that. Izzy's going to have to let it get a little dirty now. Yeah, it seems like Izzy understands yep. the urgency of the moment. Just over two minutes to go. Izzy's going to have to stand on the coin, man. He's going to have to stop moving. And nary a takedown attempt from Sean Strickland who lands another jab and partially connects with a right hand. That right hand got the champ's attention. 
And Trickling doesn't even look like he's breathing hard. Is he's bloody and he's swollen. The champ is going to have to sit and throw, man. He's going to have to fire. Strickland flapping gums late. Final 10 seconds. Adesanya lands a kick to the body. But Sean Strickland, in all likelihood, is heading back to the United States of America as the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. All three judges score this contest. 49-46 for the winner by unanimous decision. Sean Carson Strickland. Just hearing that, it, it's amazing to hear. And the fact that he did this against Israel Adesanya, as I mentioned, and in the manner in which he did it, this was a dominant performance. And John, you called it beautifully at the end of that fight. You and everybody watching knew that he was going to win that fight based on that performance. That's dominance, my friend. Okay, and to do that as a major, major underdog against one of the greatest champions that we have seen, one of one of the greatest strikers that we have seen in the UFC, a guy who is known uh, to be excellent with his defense, and the fact that he went and did this kind of in a different manner than Alex Pereira, right? There weren't a whole lot of leg kicks where he slowed him down, but he got into a certain range where he took away Adesanya's leg kicks. And he did that largely by being at a closer range, being in that boxing range, shutting down the kicking game of Adesanya himself by backing him up and then landing a lot of jabs, picking him apart, going to the body, you know, adjusting and uh, annoying Adesanya throughout that fight. So for me, that was easy, man. I mean, what a performance. What an upset. Sean Strickland gets another reward from me, man. I'm just so curious, and I don't want you to answer this, but how you would handicap a potential rematch between Sean Strickland and Israel Adesanya because – I don't know, man. Like, I, I think Izzy would be excited to sort of right that wrong, so to speak. But gosh, man, Strickland got so much done in that fight. I feel like that would be a real challenging matchup, maybe the most challenging matchup for Izzy in that division right now. So I agree, dude. All right, my upset of the year. And again, we can't land on the same one. It's hard to argue with Sean Strickland here in 2023. But mine goes to a guy who has experienced just a tremendous career resurgence, came up large back in November on the road against an undefeated prospect who was all the rage. John Annex 2023 Upset of the Year. Nicholas Dalby versus Gabriel Bonfim. Fighting out of Copenhagen, Denmark. Nicholas Danish Dynamite Dalby! Dalby's game plan is we're going to make this a race. And I'm going to make you race and race and race. And when you get tired, I'm still going to be there. Punch that. So procure. Ooh, turn there. And it is. How about Nicholas Dalby turning the tables here? He's doing a great job in the pocket here on the fence. Straight oh, shot. Goodness, Nicholas Dalby turning it on. Oh, he just does not stop attacking. Dalby has not oh, stopped. He hurt him. He's face. getting his first. Is he going to give him his first loss? 30 seconds. This two. Whoa. Knockout. Got it done. Nicholas Dalby. Insane. Silencing the crowd. His biggest career victory. A plus 425 underdog. Cash the ticket. Well, and he closed as high as plus 460 in some spots. Thanks to UFC Fight Pass for the audio. How about my guy Cruzy getting emotional there after the big win for Nicholas Dalby? 
What a story his career has been, Kenny. You and I called a lot of his early UFC fights. He got to the UFC May of 2015, beat Elizeo Zaleski Dos Santos. Then he fought Darren Till to a majority draw in his second UFC fight. Two fights later, finds himself out of the UFC, comes back three years later, and Nicholas Dalby has lost just once in eight fights since coming back to the UFC. What a performance. Gabriel Bonfin, obviously a lot of hype, a lot of learning lessons accrued in this loss to Nicholas Dalby. But uh, this was the first name I thought of, actually, not even Sean Strickland. Nicholas Dalby gets my award for 2023 upset of the year. And by the way, I think the cornrows look good on him. Now, my twin brother, as many of you know, at Boston Anik, right? He's got hair down to his rear end. And his wife has told him, you're white, you're not wearing cornrows. Now his wife is black, which perhaps is neither here nor there. Right now, I think Nicholas Dalby looks pretty good. I don't think my brother would be able to pull off the cornrows. What do you think about Jay and cornrows, Ken? I don't know. I love it, dude. We got it. Those things would be uh, impressive. Uh, at some point, like imagine how much he could get for his hair, though. Like that, that is right. like serious moneymaker yeah. right there but That's yeah right. um yeah dude listen I, I i love the pick um that is one of those things that it doesn't matter what adalby does after this fight he can lose his next 30 fights in a row this is the fight that you can not only build a movie around but this is something that he could be proud of for the rest of his life the way that he came back against a guy with that kind of offense and that kind of build and that kind of hype and to defeat him in the manner that he did was just astounding, man. I love the pick. Yeah, I mean, what do they do with Nicholas Dalby in 2024? I don't know the answer. I don't know how high his ceiling is. Could he realize a ranking this year? Perhaps. But in terms of a singular moment, you're right. Nicholas Dalby is going to look back upon what happened in November in Sao Paulo fondly for life. All right, next UFC Live event is coming up in about 10 days, but college football fans, the national championship game is set. It is nearly upon us, and DraftKings Sportsbook is making sure you can throw down for a shot at big bucks. New customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on the championship game. So both Michigan and Washington held serve in the national semifinals. Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, the Wolverines, four-and-a-half-point favorites in that national title game against the Huskies. I might be on the underdog. I don't know. No action just yet. But for you, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code AFPOD. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just 5 bucks on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code AFPOD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, continuing along with the ninth annual Anakin Florian Podcast Awards as we get to what, in my view, was the hardest category. Knockout of the year. Our award is named in honor of the late gentle giant Anthony Rumble Johnson, who passed away in November of 2022. He was arguably the biggest power puncher in UFC history with respect to Francis Ngannou and anybody else you want to throw in there. He was also a good friend to so many of us on the UFC staff. I mean, gentle giant doesn't even begin to describe it, especially close with our longtime listener and friend Heidi Dean, who I know feels his passing just as profoundly 13 months later as she did last year. So we shout out the late, great Anthony Rumble Johnson as we get to our knockouts of the year. So we had a list of 28 fucking knockouts, Kenny. 28 knockouts 
We pared it down to four. Longo's going to come on in a few minutes and give us one as well. But we have four knockouts for you. This was a really hard exercise for me. In no particular order, let me get to my first recipient for the 2023 Anthony Rumble Johnson Knockout of the Year. John Annex 2023 Co-Knockout of the Year. Justin Gaethje versus Dustin Poirier, UFC 291. Gaethje fans being heard from now. About a minute gone by round two. Oh! was perfect. Look at this again. Hey, Joe, because when it's perfect, you don't have to get all the shit. The foot can get him. Yep. And that's exactly what happened there. And he did it behind the punch. He stuck the punch out there. Dude. And he threw the kick. It's reminiscently on exactly Utah does something for head kicks, boy. <laughs> I mean, right. two years in a row, two main events. Right. It did like that. That's right? great. But what a way for Justin Gaethje to wow. even this series. Herb D with a slide. You know what I want to do next. I want to fight for the world championship. These guys are fighting in October, and I want to prove I'm the best in the world. Win, lose, or draw, max effort is what you're going to get out of me. Well, I don't know if it was Ken Flo or Cody who said in our pre-show meeting, or even on this episode, like, what a huge year for Justin Gaethje, right? Beating Rafael Fazib and then winning the BMF belt in this manner to make himself largely undeniable as the number one contender for Islam Akashev's UFC lightweight championship. I know we have Charles Oliveira who was injured waiting in the wings. Seems like momentum is moving towards giving Gaethje that championship opportunity. But given the way the first fight between Justin Gaethje and Dustin Poirier played out, sort of felt like you were hunkering down for a 25-minute war. And for Gaethje to win that fight in that dramatic fashion, it's got to be the number one knockout of the year for me with respect to so many others. I want to get to my second knockout of the year. And this one really, I think, had more to do with the stakes than the style points. But nonetheless, we got a new UFC interim heavyweight champion. John Annex 2023 co-knockout of the year. Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Pavlovich. UFC 295. What, what was it? Honey Badger. The animal. Yeah, Honey Badger's are the league leaders in fear, so they're pretty dangerous in combat. That's me. I'm the honey badger moving forward, so I'm, I'm happy with that. That's cool. Boy, he looks so much bigger in person, right? But it's because he's a little taller, right. long and lean for the heavyweight division. That's not what you used to see. Oh! Oh, he hurt it! Still get tagged him early. Yeah. How good the dose. Aspinall's father, Andy, in his corner. He's been at essentially every training session since Tom was eight years old. Those leg kicks will pay dividends. Sensational. That was sensational. Oh, he's the real deal. Been a crazy two and a half weeks. He's a big scary guy, you know, he's a really, really big I've never been as scared in my life as fighting this guy, but you know what? I got a lot of power too, and I believe in myself. I really believe in myself. I've worked so hard over the years. And this man right here, my father, has worked harder than anybody, so this belt is dedicated to my father. What a champion. 
what a kinship between father and son and what a nation to be a mixed martial arts champion, Kenny, right? I mean, it's hard to believe that any English British mixed martial arts athlete would realize the star power of Michael Bisping, who was the first to break through Leon Edwards, the second, but Tom Aspinall is the first to do it at heavyweight. And you heard DC talking about his size and he did mention the words long and lean. I guess Aspinall is pretty long. I wouldn't describe him as lean. Yeah. Ken, every time I see Aspinall, he is fucking enormous in person. And I don't know what I'm even looking to extract when I throw that your way. But, dude, he is an absolute giant. And all the talk all week was about Aspinall's speed and, and Sergei Pavlovich's power. And uh, what a moment for Tom Aspinall. Wasn't even training a few weeks before that title fight. Unbelievable result for him in New York City. hundred percent, man. Love both of those picks. Really, uh, so many... So many different knockouts that you could have gone with. Those are those are lovely, though. Um, yeah, Aspinall is just a problem. I, I was kind of scratching my head when DC was saying lean. Maybe lean compared to DC. Maybe that that's what he yeah, was talking about. Right. But no, th- this dude is absolutely massive, and it's almost like I forget about it every single time. It's like when I see Yair and and the speed just yeah. jumped out at me every time I see Aspinall. I go, my goodness, this dude is a giant. Uh, amongst giants, right? So, yeah, and then you combine that with his uh, athleticism. He's just like a big cat, you know? He's like a yeah. lion or a tiger. The dude is a major, major problem. Um, can't wait to see what uh, what he brings us in 2024. Yeah, a lot of intriguing matchups on the horizon for Tom Aspinall. He has intimated that he would like to defend the interim title if he has to uh, against the winner of Curtis Blades and Jailton Almeida, but Man, if we see Tom Aspinall against either John Jones or Stipe in 2024, that's a huge win for for God, for country, and for mixed martial arts fans around the world. Congrats to Justin Gaethje and Tom Aspinall, my winners. For Knockout of the Year, now we get to the first of Ken Flo's two selections for his 2023 Knockout of the Year. Kenny Florian's 2023 Knockout of the Year. Sean O'Malley versus Aljamain Sterling. UFC 292. That shot late in round one was to get a feel for what it might be like early round two. Sterling on it. O'Malley rules. Um, yeah, huh. listen, uh, just a, just an amazing, amazing knockout against one of the best grapplers in that division of, of all time. And, you know, I had picked Aljamain Sterling. I said, this is a tough matchup for him. However, if you were to imagine a scenario where O'Malley would knock out someone 
to win that belt, it would be with that very nasty pole counter. Um, and you know it's coming. Can you stop it? It's going to be a very difficult thing. And O'Malley, with that length, with that speed, with that amazing timing, was able to land it. And he did so, which, you know, and I believe him, uh, with an injury. And he did it uh, against an excellent grappler in Sterling. He baited him. And you could argue that perhaps um, maybe that win was attributed to a lot of the trash talk leading up to that fight because, you know, he kept saying how boring Sterling is and yada, yada, yada. And it seemed like Sterling started to buy into that narrative and goes, hey, listen, I need to do something exciting. I just need to just go for it and take him out. Got a little antsy and uh, and paid for it uh, with, with that beautiful pole counter from O'Malley. So just a spectacular uh, knockout and, um, you know, doing it when it counts. Uh, O'Malley is special. There's no question about it. When we did our 2023 UFC year in review show, and by the way, you can access that now on ESPN's MMA YouTube channel and also the UFC's YouTube channel. Our lead story in 2023 was the breakout of Sean O'Malley. And when you look strategically at the pay-per-view calendar, right, they got him competing at UFC 299. He'll carry that pay-per-view in Miami. That leads into 300. Matters not who headlines that show. And then a few pay-per-views later, you got Conor McGregor. So a lot of thought went into the way they lined up those cards. But we congratulate Sean O'Malley, one of two winners from KenFlow for 2023 knockout of the year. But the consensus top knockout of the year took place in Miami, Florida back in April. And KenFlow settled on this one for his second selection. that Israel Adesanya is a great fighter and a great champion. And greatness is often defined not just by victories, but how one overcomes adversity. And Adesanya has an opportunity to beat this man who appears to be unbeatable. Here we go, boys. The intensity of this rivalry is so palatable and palpable and felt by everybody in this mixed martial arts arena. Chapter two slash chapter four begins now. You're right, John. Just, I mean, so much confidence. Izzy tries to question my kick, front kick up the middle. Oh, he's going to hit with a head kick. This is a scary Pajeda. He closes the distance. Oh, jab to the body and a right hand up top. Oh, oh my goodness. Izzy's got to be careful. Oh, he landed on the left. Beautiful left hook there by Pajeda. If he took it well, though. Again, the hand is so damn good.
in a series where you were way behind. People, Earth, I hope every one of you can feel this level of happiness just one time in your life. You never feel this level of happiness if you don't go for something. When they knock you down, when they talk about you, if you stay down, you will never ever get that resolve. Fortify your mind and feel this level of happiness that you rise. One time in your life, but I'm blessed to be able to feel this again and again and again and again and again. Back on top of the middleweight world and mission accomplished for the last style bender. They say revenge is sweet. And if you know me, I got a sweet tooth. You already know this is sweet. Tired of snooty wines and their old wine culture? Confused by words like malolactic fermentation? Yeah, we are too. So with 19 Crimes, you can do the fancy schmancy tilt sip smell routine or don't. 19 Crimes is the rebel of wine and culture, telling the stories of rogues and rule breakers who overcame adversities. From convicts banished to Australia to the legendary icon Snoop Dogg himself, 19 Crimes wine is defiant by nature, bold in character, and always uncompromising. 19 Crimes, the official wine of UFC. Pick up in stores nationwide or online at 19crimes.com. Enjoy responsibly. 2024, Sonoma, California. <laughs> I mean, I, I got chills just listening to that. Israel Asanya, man, against Pereira. Let, let me give you another background. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys know the story, but right, like you, you had to go out and slay a dragon, slay the guy that had gotten the better of you, that had been a thorn in your side from your kickboxing career. Finally, you get that chance to kind of right that wrong and mix martial arts. You're ready to go. You have all the experience. You have the belt. And the guy comes in and actually knocks you out in round five after you were winning the whole fight. So now it just builds that much more. And now he has to go in there in a rematch against Pereira and try to get it done. Once again, his leg was kind of a little bit compromised. It wasn't looking so great, but he remembered round one from their first fight. And he allowed Pereira to fall onto his sword when he led him into that dangerous spot, landed a gorgeous shot and knocked him out in one of the more inspirational performances that I have seen this at the end of the day, similar to how we talked about Dolby, but at a completely different level, because you're talking about a championship fight, a guy who regained his belt in this manner um, will go down as one of the greatest performances of his career. People will remember him uh, by this performance. Um, and you saw what Pereira did at 205 pounds after that. So, uh, he's a terror, but he was able to defeat that terror in fantastic fashion. And you could also argue that perhaps it was also that high, that win, that maybe said, ah, the Strickland guy, I'm, I'm good. I'll, let me just take him out. And I may not be feeling great. I've been having a busy last few years, but I'll just go in there and do it again because I do things like that against Pereira. And maybe that actually came back to bite him. But either way, what a, what a knockout. It was very difficult. I asked John for top five. John said, no, no, I'll give you two, and that's it. Yeah. But, uh, man, there were so many great knockouts, but that that had to make my list. 
No, and I'm glad that we were able to sort of give the appropriate shine to that as an MMA moment in 2023, because you're right. Shortly thereafter, Adesanya committed to that September date, perhaps to force the hand of either Drakus Duplessis or Robert Whitaker. And then that night did not go exceedingly well for Adesanya in Sydney, juxtaposed against what Alex Pededa was able to do, right? Moves up to 205. Finishes, well, he 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 beat Jan Bojovich, and then he beats Yuri Prohaska to become the undisputed UFC light heavyweight champion, right? So, obviously, in April, Adesanya's on cloud nine in a perfect world. The rest of the year would not have played out for Izzy the way it did. But, dude, why is my appetite so strong for a fifth meeting between Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira, right? They're, I mean, they're 1-1 in mixed martial arts. Like, I feel like I need to see this again, either at 85 or 205. I'm not sure Pareda is going to have an appetite for cutting back down to 85, but I don't know. I mean, why do I want to see it so badly again? Every single time they fought, it's been absolutely riveting and insane. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, yeah, 205, 185, send it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, a couple of honorable mentions from me for knockout of the year. Diego Fajeda against Michael Johnson and then Derek Lewis against Pezow in a fight that a lot of people were not giving him a chance to win. Pezow had as much momentum as he had ever had at heavyweight. So congratulations to the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, as well. All right, the third member of this team on the Anakin Florian podcast. The star of the show is Ray Longo. He wanted in on the Anakin Florian podcast awards. He actually has a winner for knockout of the year. So let us get to uh, the venerable the estimable, the esteemed Raymond Peter Longo. It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I want you to punch a hole in this fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. Starring Ray Longo. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast. Hey, Happy New Year, Ray. Happy New Year. I tell you, the sound's a little off. I'm going to try to uh, reload this thing. You got okay. One, one minute. All right, that's fine. I mean, he yeah. sounds good to me. But yeah, uh, nah, I'm hearing a lot of echoes. Man. All right. He's hearing some echoes. So we will get to Ray Longo, who has a knockout of the year yeah. for us. And I, and hold on. I'm going to I'm just, just going to reload this. Hold on one second. Oh, you reload. I mean, it's not like we're doing a live show here. So you could reload that and <laughs> do whatever you got to do. And hopefully we'll get Longo back as we do that. We're going to transition to our submission of the year. We'll circle back for Longo's knockout of the year. Hope I'm not messing with Cody too bad here, but Submission of the year for 2023. And as I was breaking down Brendan Allen, it's amazing to see a guy be able to get to that back and get to that rear naked choke so consistently at the elite levels of a division. But I'm going to start here with submission of the year. There weren't obviously as many choices as there were for knockout of the year. I'm going all the way back to Perth, Western Australia. It was UFC 284, February of 2023. Arguably the most memorable live event that I have ever covered, just given that crazy crowd in Perth. And one of the big reasons why it was as memorable a live event as I've had the chance to call was uh, El Pantera. John Annex 2023 Submission of the Year. Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. All of a sudden, Josh Emmett wearing it upstairs. About three minutes here to go in round two. Nice job by Yair to just touch him up and not get too aggressive and get taken down. Watch that triangle. Yair can pull that right leg out. He's thinking about a triangle. There's the triangle. He's going to pull it down. He's going to lift it. 45 seconds to UFC 
featherweight champion. Incredible, perfect performance. He fought perfect. His style, he didn't... No! Interim USC featherweight champion of the world, Yair El Patero Yaya Rodriguez, my winner for the 2023 submission of the year. He did it to win a world title. And even though some of us were surprised that he turned around as quickly as he did to challenge Alexander Volkanovsky for the undisputed belt that summer, you can never take this belt away from Yaya Rodriguez. You can never take the pretty Mexican inspired themed colored belt they made for him as well. And Yaya Rodriguez will always have a UFC interim championship belt at home. And he got it done against a guy in Josh Emmett who just turned in arguably the knockout of the year against Bryce Mitchell. So congratulations to Yair Rodriguez, my winner for 2023 submission of the year. And I guess there was a good chance Kenny and I might have landed on the same sub this year, but we can't pick the same winner. So with that, we will reveal what was a no doubter for Ken Flo's 2023 submission of the year. Kenny Florian's 2023 submission of the year. Alexa Grasso versus Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, made an attempt and a spinning back fist. Oh, back take it. Oh, sensational job by Alexa Grasso. She's got behind the neck. That's too tight. It's the sub tight. It's the sub tight. That's too tight. And then she got it. She got it. Alexa Grasso is a champion. For the winner, by submission, due to a rear naked choke. Yeah, went with Alexa Grasso, her submission win over uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And, you know, it could have been upset of the year. I I, I thought that the the path to victory was a little bit more clear for her than it was for, say, Strickland against Adesanya. Yeah, because I respect the striking so much, her finishing ability and on the ground, as she demonstrated here against Shevchenko. Uh, was right there with her. And of course, that rematch is uh, so close. Um, but yeah, Alexa Grasso, for me, uh, just a phenomenal fighter who capitalized at the perfect moment. You don't have to get it around the neck to get the finish, guys. You can absolutely break a jaw if you're able to get that hold in the right spot at the right time. Um, and uh, she was able to get it done with that face crank, man, over one of the most dominant champions in UFC history. So yeah, that's my submission of the year. My strength and conditioning coach, J.C. Santana, is always up in arms when people refer to rear naked chokes incorrectly, right? It's a face crank. And obviously, Shevchenko's face told the story with the discoloration and everything else. And I agree with you, Ken Flo. In terms of it not being the upset of the year, I felt like Alexa Grasso was live going into that fight at UFC 285. I felt like her career, as I've said, methodically built to that moment. So I didn't see that necessarily as the upset that some others did. All right. We welcome back Raymond Peter Longo. How are you doing, Raymond? Oh, man, guys, it's good to see you. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. Merry <laughs> Christmas, Happy New Year, John. To you as well. 
to you as well. We have sent you a Christmas bonus. It has not arrived yet, but it comes with the Anik family holiday card. So you don't need to keep the holiday (laughs) card, but maybe you cash the check. But no, it is interesting. Like we all spend so much time together and talking off the air that when we do take one of the two or three bye weeks that we take during the year, we do miss each other. So yeah, it's good to see your friends. And and, and I did get a Christmas card from your kids. Everybody was beautiful. I mean, it was a great card. His kids are so good. Did you get a card? It was there a check I, in there? No, there was no check, but I mean, it was beautiful. <laughs> all right. All no, right. no, so, no, I'm just saying. I no, you know what happened? Card, though, all right, so, all right, so you're going to no, get a second card. Yeah, you don't, you don't need, you don't need to explain anything. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, so Christmas, I didn't know. it's Christmas, baby. I love the card. Don't worry about it. Unbeknownst to me, my wife must have sent you a fucking Christmas card. When I got <laughs> home from UFC 296, I sent you one, but I put a little something in there. Oh, put a little yeah, yeah, in there. Yeah. No, I put a little... <laughs> uh, I'll check in there. But Ray, well, what does a guy like you do on New Year's Eve? I mean, I was in uh, bed at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, but what does what a guy like you do? I was close to you, but, uh, you know, we ordered out. We watched a movie. Uh, that's it. You know what I mean? The yeah. kids were here the whole week, and then they went back into the city for uh, New Year's. So uh, I actually had the flu. So I missed Christmas. Oh, Christmas man. Eve, yeah. I got a pretty bad. Uh, the whole gym just got taken down as usual. Like once one guy gets something, it's just, but everybody's symptoms were different. This was a weird one this year. Uh, Some people had COVID, some had the flu. Uh, Boris V is going around. It's it's wacky out here. Really wacky. I don't know if you guys had the same problem, but, and Weidman, Weidman, Weidman's sick as a dog in South Carolina. So I don't know what happened to him, but it is, it is what it is. But that's what I did. I'm, I'm not a New Year's Eve guy. Yeah, I'm nor like, I. Tw- like 28 years old, that stopped, I think, 29. If you're pro-dog, you're usually anti-fireworks. So I am very much pro-dog and anti-firework. Thankfully, yeah. my my puppy was able to make it through the night. Nice. So a lot of things I want to get into with you today. Obviously, you have a knockout of the year. You're going to give us a male fighter of the year, a personality of the year, as we continue with our ninth annual Anakin Florian Podcast Awards. But you are five months removed from this hip surgery. So you got to give us an update as to how you're feeling. I tell you, everything's uh, everything's going good. Uh, come on. Uh-huh. Sorry, I got these new buttons. You know, um, so how's the hip? Tell us. The hip, is, the hip is good. There's a couple of positions that really don't affect me, but when I go to stretch, I feel a little bit. But besides right. that, I'm, not I'm like good. intercourse positions, just stretching. I understand. No intercourse. Uh, I think what is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Can you explain that to me? I'm going to ask my guy, Tyler Woodley. I'm going to phone a friend. I'll tell you one thing. With a bad bad hip, it was about one position that was okay. (laughs) All right. All right. That's good. Well, we're glad to hear that. So your knockout of the year, we had like 28 knockouts on this initial list. What was your knockout of the year, Ray, for 2023? I'm going to tell you something. You know, I, I, you know, obviously – you know, you get on your phone, you see some things. And I think Adesanya against Pereira was uh, a lot of people's choice. But I'll tell you what, I'm going different. I'm for the little guy. I think Josh Emmett's knockout of Bryce Mitchell was just fucking crazy. I've never seen a guy contort like that on the floor. And these are two, these ain't two prelim fighters. These are two guys up in the top five. And uh, that's my knockout of the year. I never saw anything that devastating in a long time. Yeah. It's hard for me, Kenny, to assess that fight without thinking about the totally wayward career decision by Bryce Mitchell with respect to accept that fight while building a pole barn and not training at all. I know he's in shape, but 
I think that cooler head should have prevailed managerially or otherwise to say, look, dude, like you're on the cusp of contention here. You just be- beat Dan Ige. I don't know why you're rushing into this fight, even if the odds makers have you as the betting favorite. But let us get you some sound on what was a knockout of the year for a lot of people. Ray Longo's yeah. 2023 knockout of the year. Josh. Henry. And you see Mitchell took the center. Oh! He's shaking bad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He's in convulsions right now. Oh, my goodness. So happy with Josh Emmett because uh, right after he knocked me out, he could have followed up with the hammer fist and it probably would have killed me. And uh, he didn't even follow up with anything. You know, he, he was just happy with the knockout and he walked away. And I'm so gracious for that. I will forever remember that. Yeah, it's, it, it's what we train for, what we hope for. That I, I did my job. You know, I, I went in there, and I, I know I got criticized from some people uh, for for celebrating, and that's what I'm supposed to do. That's why people buy the pay-per-views. That's why people buy the tickets. They, they want to see that type of violence, and I deliver that every single time. It's like if, if you've ever played baseball or you, or you golf, you know, when you just swing perfect, and it's effortless, and you just connect. You know the, the golf ball or the bat's going out, or I mean the baseball's going out of the park, and that's exactly what happened. I, I hit him so hard and flush and clean. I could just feel it in my hand, and then I, I just saw him, you know, kind of falling face down. Man, so, Ray. Think, yeah. No, go ahead. I said, I love the analogy. I, I, I'm, he's spot on with that, man. It's like getting a good crack on the bat. It's like when you hit somebody perfect. I mean, they're, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty crazy feeling. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that and, and listen, Emmett came off, I think, what do you have, two? pretty bad losses and to come back and do that again i'm glad bryce mitchell's all right obviously he's he's a great sport uh but like you said when you say cooler heads uh you hope that cooler heads could have uh interjected it's just it doesn't work like that these guys are really thick-headed they do what they want to do and i think right now i I, and i like bryce he's been at the gym has nothing to do but i think Bryce is his own worst enemy at this point. Somebody yeah. should get in there because he is a talented kid, but you're starting to see some wackiness seep into the octagon performance. I think yeah, anyway. I agree. Know? No, I agree. I love Bryce Mitchell. Right? I great guy, great guy. like a quick yeah. fire thing recently. And I think I might've even mentioned him as my favorite fighter, but if you are trying to win a world championship, you don't accept a fight against the most powerful striker in the division with no training camp. Now, Kenny, yeah. we have never had a serious injury nor death in the octagon, unless you consider leg break. Certainly, I think it stands to reason that a lot of athletes are going to have CTE when they come out of these careers. But to Ray's point, like this is as fearful as I've ever been in that seat Without for a an athlete condition as I saw Bryce Mitchell twitching there on the canvas. And I think what's more shocking about it is the fact that this is a 145-pounder who landed that shot. Right. This This isn't a heavyweight knockout, you know, and and to have that be, you know, of course, we always kind of have these short-term memories. But I think a lot of people w- would would argue that that is one of the most devastating knockouts in UFC history. And to have that knockout from a featherweight amongst all the great heavyweight knockouts um, says a lot about the power of Josh Emmett. And, and to hear, you know, the, the classy response post-fight, um, you know, from Bryce Mitchell, 
it says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot about him as well. Yes, he, he's yes. a true professional through and through. He was very grateful, and and to hear that, I, I think uh, was very impressive. And Emmett as well. I mean, Emmett's always a class act. Ultimately. Yeah, but after right the losses to Yair Rodriguez and Ilya Topuria, right loses to Topuria thirty to twenty four to come back and yeah. close out the year. Go into your vacation with a knockout like that. Congratulations to Josh Emmett, Ray Longo's selection for twenty twenty three knockout of the year. All right. That brings us to the Stefan Bonner American Psycho fight of the year for 2023. So last December, about a week before our 2022 award show, we lost Stefan Bonner. Kenny, I know you competed alongside him on season one of The Ultimate Fighter. You and I became exceedingly close with him working at ESPN on MMA Live from 2008 to 2011. Just a hugely sad loss for the MMA community and the Bonner family. So we continue to honor him here on the show with our Stefan Bonner American Psycho fight of the year. And for me, in 2023, recency bias aside, a late entry at UFC 296 was just impossible to deny. John Annex 2023 Fight of the Year. Irene Aldana versus Carol Hosa. UFC 296. This fight is rising. This fight is so crazy. Might have to look this. this crowd. Oh, she tagged her with a right hand. Oh, this with the kick. Another low kick. Oh! Oh! Oh my goodness. This is nuts! Oh, huge shot for Aldana! What a fight! Oh my goodness! Jeez. What a fight! What a fight! What a standing ovation at T-Mobile Arena. Arena Aldana, that was one of the best fights I have ever seen in my life. Toe to toe from the opening bell. Carol is a tough, tough fighter. You, you couldn't get any tougher, girl. Let me tell you something. That is about as tough as human beings get. What, just what an incredible performance. Arena Aldana, ladies and gentlemen. Arena Aldana. With a tremendous effort over the final 10 minutes to get the decision over a game as hell could all Hosa. Wow. I was so moved by that fight. Sometimes you see a fight where you know they put out every fiber of their being inside that octagon. And that was one of those performances for both of them. Yeah, nicely put by Joe Rogan. And as I've often said on a UFC microphone, their lives are forever linked there to four after a fight like that. Irene Aldana and Cadol Jose Ray, 658 combined strikes attempted Crazy. over Gosh. those 15 minutes. Just absurd. And I found myself sitting there thinking like, man, like you are so not tough, John Anik. Like you're such a fucking pussy. <laughs> like you would have taken one of those Cadol Jose leg kicks and you'd be in a wheelchair. You know, I just yeah. have so much respect for these two athletes gave him my fight of the year yeah look the, the ability to absorb pain and keep moving forward with a poker face is not easy to do like kenny we were watching some thai fights the other the other day dude it's the, the amount of pain oh. you have to endure on your shins your legs we're not even getting to the head yet you know what i mean like it is crazy and just she ate those inside leg kicks after a while man they just add up and a normal person is just going to break you know, but these are high-level athletes that uh, that were able to move through that pain barrier and just keep trying to get what they wanted. And there was there to me, there was no winner or loser in that fight. And that by far is 
nobody could argue with that at all. That that was a hell of a fight. It's one that people are going to remember. And I and I don't have a good memory. So if I remember it, I think huh. it was really, really good. Kenny, in terms of the pain barrier that Ray just referenced and a perfect way to put it, Ray, do you remember the most pain you were ever in in the octagon during a fight? I mean, I know you were doling out the pain most of the time. <laughs> Ken, but, yeah. but I just feel like at some point in a fight like this, whether it's a Rene Aldana trying to put pressure on a leg that has been kicked 95 times or could old Hosa trying to sort of fight through all the damage upstairs. Like, do you ever remember being in the octagon and just like being in a lot of physical pain or does adrenaline sort of take over? Uh, yeah, I do. Actually, the, the last fight of my career against Jose Aldo, him kicking the inside of my leg. Um, that was really honestly the first time where I'm like, this hurts, uh, <laughs> you know, in a fight, like, well, in a fight, you kind of the adrenaline kind of takes over and, and you're so focused on the task at hand. You kind of don't feel the pain until like maybe oh, in, yeah. in your back when you're backstage after the fight. But that was really the first time during a fight I was like, well, first of all, being like taken aback by the speed of him, because obviously this was something I had prepared for, like that inside leg kick of Aldo or the kick of Aldo. And to see it right in front of you was another thing. And then to feel the pain, the power that he uh, that he doles out was uh, was was not fun. Uh, so, Ray. You know, yeah, let me interject one thing, too, John. I think uh, women. I believe, and we I think just even with childbirth can endure so much more pain that we can. And I yep. think that fight was an example of like childbirth going right. bad without an epidural. Like you're just gonna ah. they, they they get through it, you know what I mean? And uh I used to I used to teach a class of women every Monday and Saturday morning. Dude, I would torture these women and they would just look at me like more, more. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was crazy. So man. I don't know. I, you I allow transgender I, women in that class or no? You allow f men, formerly men in that women's class or no? You don't have to uh, answer that question. Let me ask uh, you this instead. Uh, right? I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, I, uh, they could be they could be transgender people in there. I wouldn't even know. You wouldn't even know. All right. <laughs> so. We all have multiple children, so I feel like I can ask this of you yeah. guys. And perhaps Ken Flo Archer's too young, so maybe you don't have an answer. Right? Like my son, I, I don't want to call him a wimp necessarily, right? His pain threshold is higher than both of my daughters combined, right? Like my dog can thrash his face and he'll be like, yeah, I want more, right? Yeah. But overall, like he's sort of soft and wimpy as a kid, you know? And I hope he's not right outside right now. Like... Can you guys differentiate between your kids? Like, oh, my son is actually the toughest in terms of pain threshold of the three, but he might be the softest actually when it comes to actually being an athlete. Like, Ray, with your two daughters, like, is one of them tougher than the other? Uh, one of them is definitely mentally tougher, I believe. But uh, physically tougher, I don't know about that. My daughters were like, they were about as feminine and as girly as you could get. You know? right. And I think I made a mistake with that. I should have pushed them more. They started out with, with uh you know like karate at the gym we had a kid teaching but um it just wasn't for them so you know we went, we, we went we went the education route you know my wife right. was big into education and they both have great jobs and they're doing well so it paid off but i think they could have used a little more of that uh toughening up for sure so i think Ken i made Flo? a mistake with that can flow is one of your kids tougher than the other yeah you know i, I think my daughter's pretty tough but my son kind of takes it to another level like 
especially if he hits his head on something, he doesn't even blink. There was yeah. one time I went out to take out the trash and he follows me around the house, you know. So he was waiting by the door. He thought he was going to go outside. So he's waiting by the door. So I opened the door and I heard the loudest thump. Like I, I hit his head and I went, oh, my gosh. Uh, like uh, that was not good. That was definitely him. And I see him. He's flat on his back. <laughs> and he and I look I kind of like I didn't make a sound. I kind of look around the door. I'm like, oh, gosh. And I look at him and he's smiling. And he's going like this, like, hey, dad. So, yeah, he's he's a tough little shit. I tell you that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, man. Yeah, they're just so different. Like my daughter's so feminine and he's yeah, yeah. like into trucks and dirt and yeah, 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 grappling yeah. and He's only two. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, they yeah. were so different. No, I tell you, I seen a kid, my friend's son. I, I don't know if I could explain this, but he's on the outside of the ring, and he's holding the top rope. He's got a, <laughs> he's, he's a baby. He's holding yeah. the top rope, and his feet are on the bottom rope, and he's jumping like this. And there's no mat behind him. And Kenny, he jumps. I don't know if I can explain this. He goes up, inverts, head down onto the floor. I'm having a heart attack. And the kid got up like nothing happened. And then they, they did take him to that. He had a separated shoulder. Like he was he was hurt. Didn't make a peep. Didn't make a yeah. peep. So I, I don't even know if they, you know, I don't I don't know, man. They they could they the young kids can endure some pain, man. But I used to have a friend that, you know, when we were younger, he at some we say we run, you know, we do something, but he gets hurt. And then we, oh, we're running, and he falls, he scrapes his knee, whatever. We get back up, we're running. The kid was all right. As soon as I would say to him, are you okay? <laughs> if I didn't say it, he, we'd just keep running. Like it, I'm telling you, this was multiple times. Like You couldn't ask him how he was because that's what would set him off. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. That's it actually comes. something I've tried hard to not say to my kids all the yeah. time. It's such a verbal crutch, right? Are you yeah, okay? Yeah, Are you yeah, okay? Yeah, like, yeah. Man, if you fine. act like nothing's going on yeah. like with Kenny, they're gonna they're gonna deal with it. They're they're going off of sometimes they're going off of your right. energy. It oh. is crazy though for anyone who has procreated, right? That you could have like two daughters born 19 months apart. You know, one of them wants to run with you and go in the sauna, work super hard. The other one leads the league in excuses. It's crazy. All right. Just a few more awards to go. Fight of the year for Ken Corey. And he went with an unbelievably compelling co-main event. It took place in London at UFC 286. And it more than lived up to the appreciable hype going in. Kenny Florian's 2023 Fight of the Year. Justin Gaethje versus Raphael Fazit. Gaethje is in black. Fazit is in white. Here we go. How did Gaethje take that? And another, well, because that's what he does. That was nasty. He has got one of the best chins in the UFC. Not seen many jobs from either man. Fazit does not like that kick, boy. Look at him. He's barely putting weight down on that, right, that left leg now. Yeah, a lot of different welts starting to emerge. Operating southpaw here down the stretch around two. That physique body kick is nasty, but he just took a big left hand for it. And that opened up a new cut on the right eyebrow of Rafael Fazeev. Good body shot by Fazeev. Gaethje lands up top. And the power in that shot, I mean, you could hear that echo around the arena. Fazeev somehow continues to press forward under 30 seconds now to go. Oh my goodness, what a fight. Keiji doling out the damage lane. I mean, this is it. I mean, you hear the chance of Keiji. Oh, and he's like, take down for the All-American for 
a fight. Bang! Boom! Just nasty. Punch by Justin Gaethje. These guys are warriors. They don't care about the way they look. They just want to fight. What a fantastic performance by both of these men. All your punches is fucking damage. I'm taking one more, one more run at the title, but I ain't gonna be around much longer. So I'm so glad you guys got to enjoy this with me. Thank you guys. Man, yeah, you know, for me, this was one of those ones, unlike Aldana and Rosa, where you thought it was going to be, or it had the potential to be fight of the year. Uh, Aldana and Rosa came out of nowhere to be a fight of the year. But this one, I think a lot of people said, hey, if both these guys show up, this could absolutely be one of the best fights of the year. Um, this in particular was kind of special to me because I had picked Gaethje and also I was racing literally racing from the airport i had many delayed fights out of florida to make it back home i i got there just in time to watch this fight and man did it deliver it was just insane max energy max technique max power max intrigue max drama max importance this was such a cool fight and i truly believe coming off of that loss against charles Oliveira, which was an absolute disaster for right. gaethje this was so pivotal, pivotal uh, in his career, um, and I think it's what led him to get that win against Poirier. He was able to build off of this disciplined win and allow him to beat someone like Poirier. So, man, uh, th this was a tremendous knockout, uh, you know, uh, not knockout, but fight uh, of the year for me. That was back and forth. It was close, but I did, did have uh, Gaethje edging him out. He got the win, and uh, yeah, man, uh, what a fight. Yeah, Ray, I agree with what Kenny said. The challenge in preparing for somebody as technically proficient and fast as Rafael Fazid is such that you get through that challenge. And I think it just really buoyed him going into the Dustin Poirier fight that happened three months later. But uh, I feel like we almost need to do these award shows like twice a year because oh. that one held up for Kenville all the way back in March. Rafael Fazid, Justin Gage, I barely can remember what happened. You know. Yeah, that that's great. I, I agree. With you. I think we should do them once every three months, to be honest. With you. <laughs> six six months is pushing it for me, but yeah, look, Gaethje's a gunslinger, man. I mean, that that's a kid. You could tell the guys that love to fight. You know what I mean? And when you love to fight like that, they could get past a a, a, a loss. You know what I mean? Like uh, like you said with Oliver, because they love to fight, and they you know yeah. technically could have zigged when he should have zagged, and you know, that's what happens. And but to come back like that, he made adjustments in that fight, too, which I think is more important that, you know, it looked like at one point it was going for Zeev's way. And then he came out of nowhere and just not out of nowhere, but, you know, he just did what he had to do. So he's Gaethje's just like, again, he's uh, he's a gunslinger, man. You know, you don't want to you don't want to be pacing with it, that guy for sure. One of the fighters of the year, right? Oftentimes those go to the champions, but look at 2023 for Justin Gaethje beats Rafael Fazeev and Dustin Poirier, both with style points. Congratulations to those guys, Fazeev and Gaethje getting Ken Flo's fight of the year for 2023. All right, three awards to go. You will also get a male fighter of the year and a personality of the year from Ray Longo before we let him go. But let us get to female fighter of the year. And I'll be quick on this as much as I would have liked to acknowledge my dear friend, Amanda Nunes, who came over and kissed me on the forehead after her yeah. final 2023 was the year of Alexa Grasso. She is my Without female year, not just the way she beat Valentina Shevchenko the first time around, 
But the way she handled the ensuing rematch, which obviously was a closer fight that ended without a finish. Alexa Grasso is my female fighter of the year for 2023. And just to see the grace with which she has accepted all of these awards, absolutely love her. Couldn't be happier for her and her success. All right, Ken Flo went to the PFL rank for his female fighter of the year for 2023. Kenny Florian's 2023 female fighter of the year, Larissa Pacheco. Pacheco is hammering away at every live rock. Pressure from the fist of Larissa Pacheco. Yeah, this is vintage Larissa Pacheco. The referee has seen enough. Larissa Pacheco with a quick six. That's why she's one of the best fighters in the world. Right hand there from Pacheco and another lands. And another oh, big right Larissa hand. Pacheco less than a minute. She called it. Larissa Pacheco to the championship. Just so much power, so much speed. I'm going to leave you to go and enjoy this victory and enjoy that second belt that you added to your collection. Ladies and gentlemen, Larissa Pacheco. Shout out to our audio engineer, Will Berger, plucking that sound for us on ESPN+. Plus. Larissa Pacheco, is that how we're pronouncing it, Kemflo? Either way, what a career and what a year for, uh, for the PFL champ. You nailed you nailed the pronunciation per usual, my man. Um, yeah. yeah, listen. Last year he was the hundred. She was the hundred fifty five pound champion. This year, and 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 just to give you a, a background, she had trouble making one hundred fifty five pounds. You know, she really had built up her body uh, for that weight class, and then making one forty five was kind of a big question mark. Now she was able to do that in April. Um, got the win. Didn't look so hot uh, in, in that fight. You know, you could see energy wise, she was a little bit down on that. Even though she, she had a tough opponent, still like a champion, got it done, and then just looked better and better as the year went on. And, and guys, as a reminder, this is four fights. This is four fights between April and November. You know, Israel Adesanya was talking about how he was kind of, um, you know, just overwhelmed. You know, with with all the fights and the preparation. She had eight fights in two years, eight fights in two years, just insane. insane to be able to do that and and to do that in two separate weight classes, um, you know, to watch her land one of those devastating shots live in person is, is something special. She just has uh, ungodly power and uh, she was able to get it done and, and a real, real sweet human being as well. I really do believe, Ray, if there is any fighter that is going to get Amanda Nunes out of retirement. This is the only one that has a shot, right? Oh, yeah. If she can continue this dominance in a couple of divisions for another two years or so, I don't know. I think that oh, might yeah. pique Amanda Nunez's interest more than fighting her former teammate, Kayla Harrison, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I just think she's embracing the family thing. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think we're going to see her again. But Yeah. Well, I certainly nice. think there's a better chance we see Amanda Nunez again than Khabib Nurmagomedov, but you never know. All right. So Adam Snacks Geller was one of my best friends, longtime member of the UFC crew. He passed away in 2017 after a two-year battle oh, with colon man. cancer, a battle that I didn't even uh, know he was fighting. And Kenny, obviously you and Snacks were very close as well. And this one still hits supremely hard five years later, in large part because when my boss, Zach Candido, texted me that he had passed, I didn't even know he was sick. And this was a guy who was at my wedding and one of my dearest friends. So it's our Adam Snacks Geller Male Fighter of the Year a lot of different directions you could go in 2023. Let us lead with Ken Flo's selection. Kenny Florian's 2023 Adam Snacks Geller Male Fighter of the Year. 
Islam Makachev. A super fight for the ages, the number one versus number two pound-for-pound -pound fighters in the world. This is one of those sporting events that you will likely remember acutely where you were exactly when it went down. Is Charles Oliveira out of his fight with Islam and is Alex Volkanovsky in? Yes, all of that is true. Well, I suppose if any fighter could weaponize pace and cardio without a training camp, it would be Volkanovsky, but that does figure to be a tough proposition. Thank you to this guy. He's a real champion. I told you, you have to turn on the light to beat this guy. He's gonna fight all five rounds. He never give up. He's a real champion. Thank you, Alex, again. You are starting to put together an unbelievable resume as a great champion. Islam, would you like to see Justin Gaethje next? Would you like to see Charles Oliveira? Who would you like to fight the next time you step in the octagon? I never choose Dana. You have some job. Give me someone. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the champ, Islam Mahachev. Kenflo Islam Mahachev, your 2023 Adam Snacks Geller Male Fighter of the Year. And as the professional athlete on this program, Kenny does get to make these picks first. This probably would have been consensus that we both landed on Islam Mahachev as the Fighter of the Year. Before we get to Ray's pick, Kenny, why was Islam the man for you? Well, for me, you know, if we go back to their first fight in 2023 uh, against Volkanovsky, um, you know, that was the fight in many people's minds between who was going to be the best pound for pound fighter on the planet. And Islam was able to win that fight. It was certainly close. I think Volkanovsky won a lot of fans with that performance, though, because he was the smaller man. He was able to yes. survive some very difficult spots. Um, however, you know, I, I think in that rematch, despite Volkanovsky taking it on short notice, Islam left no doubt in that rematch. That's what champions do. They come back, they adjust, and, and they make the performance even better. And, you know, winning in that dominant fashion that early against a true champion, one of the most technical, one of the smartest fighters in the world in Volkanovsky, was a big statement, man. That was a major statement. And he solidified himself as the best pound-for-pound -pound fighter on the planet. Two wins over Volkanovsky. Yeah, that's good enough for me as fighter of the year. All right, congratulations to Islam Akashev, Ray Longo, Charlie Campbell, your fighter of the year. What? Who'd you have for us in 2023? <laughs> Wait, first of all, was, uh, I love Islam. He's a great fighter. The fact that, you know, you were basing this on the 45-pound champ, it just takes away a little something for me. You Fair. Know what I mean, like, and the kid comes in, Volkanovski takes that fight last minute. Obviously, it's a disaster. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I but there's absolutely no question about the guy's an excellent, you know, he's fantastic. He's a no, Great but I think that's up. a fair point you know? by you to bring into the conversation because yeah. a lot of people, Paul Felder among them, are up in arms at the notion that Islam Akasha might cut the welterweight line and cut Bilal Muhammad yeah. and fight Leon Edwards for the title. Like, with respect to Islam, I know he's already beat Charles, but I think most of us would at least like to see him defend the belt against a true 55er before being afforded the opportunity I, to move on. I think that's pretty fair. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a fair criticism. Uh you know, my guy is, I, I'm going with Strickland, man. I, I think the way he 
He was able to shut down a guy that nobody's ever done that to uh, Israel Adesanya. And uh, I, I just think that was the upset of the year. That was, I, I got to give him the fighter of the year. I think you, you knock off a couple of categories uh, with that because it's just the way he did it. It was a dominant performance against a guy that even though he lost the Pereira at that time, he was winning that fight. So he was even winning yeah. against a monster like that. And for Strickland to go in there and shut him down like that, hats off to him, man. I, uh, he's, he's, he's my guy. It looks like, you know, you know, he's that blue collar grinding guy. You got to be happy for him. Uh, his backstory is insane. He's been able yeah. to overcome so many hurdles in his life. I think he speaks well. Uh, I think this kid came at, not that he came out of nowhere, but when he got his chance, man, he sees that opportunity, and that's what I like. All right, Ray Longo's 2023 Male Fighter of the Year is Sean Strickland, and I likely would have gone in that direction, but when Kenny submitted his award selections to me, three of the ten awards he had given to fucking Sean Strickland. Yeah, yeah, so well, <laughs> I went with yeah. another UFC champion who had a massive 2023. John Annex, 2023. Adam Snacks Geller, Male Fighter of the Year. Leon Edwards. Right now, this comes down to Will. Who wants it more? Who's willing to press forward? Yes. The ball tired. The loads are burning. There's the uppercut again. Now the knee from Edwards. Usman attacks to the body. Elbow over the top from Edwards. Heavy low kick by Leon. What a fantastic fight. Leon Edwards did a ton of great work with the body kicks. He landed a nasty knee early in the fight that rocked Kamal Usman. And still! Headshot there! Headshot there! Headshot there! We always say there's nothing like a UFC title fight, especially when there's a little heat and friction upon it. It's about as much heat or friction as I could ever imagine. I'm with you. But that answers the question. We wondered if Leon would be emotional. Look at him right now, he looks the same, very measured. He's putting the pressure on him, but he's being very technical. He's not doing anything rash, not taking any unnecessary chances. And still, the undisputed UFC welterweight champion of the world. Audio courtesy of UFC Fight Pass. And with respect to Kamzat Shimaev and his rise in two divisions, Kamar Usman and Colby Covington have been ubiquitously regarded as the best two welterweights in the world for the better part of five years. And within a calendar year, Leon Edwards is able to beat both of them and outlast both of them over 25 minutes. And I just felt like the way he dealt with the emotions of everything that Colby Covington said and was able to channel it in the right way into that performance, the training camps that he put in in 2023, in advance of the Usman rematch and in advance of this Covington fight that was another tough stylistic challenge. It's a hard category, but Leon Edwards, my 2023 UFC male fighter of the year. All right, we have one more category to go, Raymond. Last but certainly not least, personality of the year. By the way, we appreciate all of you out there at Anik Florian Pod, who sent in votes for Laura Sanko, Nina Drama, but this award is reserved for a UFC fighter. So with that, I present to you my UFC Personality of the Year for 2023. John Anik's 2023 Personality of the Year, Kevin Holland. I'm here with the man, Kevin Holland. Kevin, a sensational performance tonight. 
You beat him at his own game. You beat him standing up. You do, you were on fire tonight. Yeah, uh, I got a full-blown wrestling coach now. I've always had a great corner. I've always had a great crew. I just had to be a little bit more patient in here. I'm 30 years old now, guys. I'm grown. I'm mature. I miss kids being born. I go through all kind of shit to be here for you guys, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I'm gonna be real with you guys. That knee didn't land. When Mike doesn't, when Mike feels like he's in danger, he does bad things, and uh, I was able to take advantage of that. Had Neil Magny been a better fighter when they fought, smarter, he would have took advantage of it too. So, bro, you are fucking with the pros right now. Do not be nervous. It was actually the other day at practice. He had my foot in the air, and I was just going like this with my hand, like get the fuck back, get the fuck back, get the fuck back, get the fuck back, get the fuck back. And I mean, in the fight, get the fuck back actually works. Look, guys, if you're on the fight card and they say be down here at two o'clock, be down here at two o'clock, we're gonna start docking your pays, okay? That's what's gonna start happening here. We're gonna start docking your pays because you're not down here on time. If I'm down here on time, you need to be down here on time. So we're gonna take about 3,000 out of every person's Venom check. So that means some of you guys are gonna be in the negative 500 on your actual check. I need you to get your shit together. Two days ago, Strickland mm -hmm. beat Adesanya. What's your take on that? And, and oh. is that a big surprise? No, no surprise. One person's elevating, one person's kind of staying the same. You know, it's like, uh, it happens, you know. And sometimes people accomplish goals and they, they tend to, you know, stagnate a little bit. And then you have other people over there trying to accomplish goals and they continue to grow, you know. And Strickland was trying to grow and then showed. Dream blunt rotation. Uh, me, uh, Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, uh, Bob Marley, uh, old boy from Sublime, and then Uncle Pat. And to be honest with you, we're not rotating. I got my own blood, they got their own. It's getting hot in here, so hot, I take off all your clothes. I am. I want to ship my black back to 85. I like to eat steaks and have make weight. Congratulations, sir. Can't wait to see you again. Kevin Holland, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Trailblazer Holland, my 2023 UFC personality of the year. Actually, the best cannabis I've ever gotten in my life came from Kevin Holland, if you care about that. Noche UFC in September. I feel like Kevin Holland sold more tickets than any Mexican on that fight card. The loudest ovations all week were reserved for Kevin Holland, even though that fight against Jack Della Maddalena did not go his way. This was a year where I think Kevin Holland sort of crossed that threshold into potential superstar territory. And even just the way he handled everything in Salt Lake City, right? Didn't want anyone to know that he had just had another baby. And then he goes out and submits Michael Chiesa, treats our staff like gold. You heard him just talk about other fighters being late. I just have a lot of respect for this man, the way he has handled the microphone, the octagon. He's competing at 170 pounds at the UFC's request, even though he would like to probably be competing at 85. Kevin Holland's my personality of the year. And uh, I just always like the energy, the infectious smile. I just like being around this dude. And uh, rest assured, Ray, if I had a dream blunt rotation, <laughs> Kevin Holland to my immediate left. He's in my blunt rotation. And uh, Kevin Holland Raymond is my 2023 personality of the year. He lights up the room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you sold me, but I have to go with, uh, again, I'm going to go with Strickland. Think, you know, listen, if this guy's not a personality, you know what's even crazy? I find myself agreeing with him on like 95% of the stuff he puts. I think he he de he delivers a message in layman's terms. You know what I mean? He's not one of those, uh, you know, intellectual guys where you can't understand what he's saying. I think he speaks from the heart. I think he, like, again, his backstory he has experience. I think he, I, I think he's a guy that you know comes across as as wacky as can be. But 
Uh, he's going to give you good advice at the end of the day or honest advice, what he honestly believes. Like Even when he goes into you want to be a UFC fighter, he's dead on, man. Yeah. He's, not, he's, he's really dead on. And, yeah. you know, he's look, I like those guys that are a little rough around the edges, right? I so I think he's he's good. I think he's got a I think he's got a positive message. And uh that's my personality. Yeah, I don't think they get funnier than him or you know, entertaining than him. And uh he had a great twenty-three and I know, you know, you mentioned Kenny had him in a couple of things, but I think when you have a good year like that, you are going to cover multiple categories. And uh, he's by yeah. far my he's by far my personality. Yeah. No, it's a great selection. Comedic value is very yeah, high. And it's nice too, Ray, to not have to like sift through the misinformation, right? When yeah. a lot of these guys talk, you don't know if it's actually how they truly feel. So it is nice with Sean, even in our fighter meetings that are a little bit more technical than the average Strickland conversation. It's like the guy. And and I always tell my daughters, the truth will set you free, right? But it's like the guy doesn't have any lying meter at all. So no. you ask him a question and he just gives you the truthful answer right out of the shoot. So right. Which I which yeah, I, I literally I really appreciate. And like like again, like it's better than, you know, you know, even dealing in like corporate America, you know, you got guys backstabbing you and bullshit. Yeah. And, and is that these uh, some of these guys are just refreshing because like you say, they don't know how to lie. You know, that's the, yeah, that's the right. best part. I don't think like he's not the guy you go on set with and say, look, I want, I know what you think, but can you say this? No, right. not happening. You know, right. he's, he's not going to, you know, bow down to that. So I think he stands for something and I think uh, he's got his platform and I think he's using it in a, in a, in a great way. I think so too. All right, Raymond, we're going to let you go to take care of your dog, but I just wanted to say this show would be nothing without your contributions. And I say that with complete seriousness. Um, we thank you eternally for everything you have brought to the show over the last nine years. I promise you the checks in the mail. Nah, we hope it's a great 2024 for you. And uh, we're back to a little normalcy next Monday with a more traditional Anakin Florian podcast, but thanks for indulging nice. us today. My man. My man, listen, I appreciate you guys. I really consider you good friends. I love doing the show. Obviously, how many years do we do it, you know, for, for nothing? And it, it doesn't, who cares? You know what I mean? Right, it's just right. great time getting like-minded people. You know, I like watching you guys. I'm, it just sounds weird, but even grow up with your families, you know, cause I've already yeah. been there. So it's all good, man. It's just, I, I feel positive. I feel better when I leave this podcast and I owe it to you guys. Love you guys. Oh, man. You're the man, let's, Ray. Let's, let's kill it in 2024. Thank Let's you, buddy. Go. It is funny when we started the show. My daughters were like two and three years Isn't old. That crazy. You know? Now they're uh, thinking about guys. Yeah. How bad? How bad is the dog, John? You could hear that. Your dog or my dog? No, my dog. Oh, it's Was bad. It, it is bad. Yeah, that's all right, John. No, we're all good. Man. We're all good. Hey, uh, have a great day and a better evening. And uh, right, we'll talk to you next month. Yeah, right. right? I love you guys. Love, love you too, you buddy. Thank you. Man. There he is. Ray Longo minutes every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast and his dog Lucky in the background. If you like that too, uh, there's that as well. So Kenny, a lot of big personalities across the UFC roster, uh, but one man stood out to our former three-time UFC title challenger, Kenny Florian, as the top personality of the year. Kenny Florian's 2023 personality of the year. Who else but Sean Strickland? David Goggins, I heard you're in Vegas. I want to spar you for 15 minutes. You're a tough motherfucker, but I want to see if I can physically and mentally break you with sparring. You should come do it. We're good for you. 
So I'm a homie, right? And I send you a Gary message. And I'm like, bro, hey, here's the thing, man. Dicks before chicks, dude. I know you're going through some shit right now. I know that fucking you got preyed upon. I know all this shit, bro, and I'm here for you. Just give me a call if you need me. And this motherfucker, he said, I'm going to sue you if you don't fucking delete that. You're going to sue me, motherfucker. I always call Izzy the Chinese champion, but Izzy's not the Chinese champion. Izzy is the modern day man. Izzy is a Chinese slut. He sold himself for a dollar, and you guys, we're going to bring that belt back to America. Let's fucking go. If it wasn't UFC, I'd probably be cooking meth in a trailer in prison, so... I couldn't say shit because Dana White would be like, hey, go fuck that white trash motherfucker. Get him out of here. But now, since I'm getting a little bit more like, you know, fan base, people want to watch me fight, I could say a lot more offensive shit, so it's nice. Now I'm just going to be the white trash motherfucker that I am. My mom grew up in a fucking boxcar in Death Valley, bro. Like, like, how do you, you know, how do you fix that generation of fuck? You know, like the neighborhood, there's always that one white trash fucking house everybody avoids. Like, there's always cop cars in the front, windows fucking broken. Like, that was us, but I wasn't necessarily poor. Nah, man, I want to fucking, you know, try to kill him, man, and get paid. You were training with him, so does that make you his bitch? Oh, this fucking bitch, dude. <laughs> I, I've never smacked a woman, but you're about to call me Would you like to learn some Chinese? Ni hao. What was that? Wait, what am I saying? What am I saying? Hello. Ni hao. I think fat shaming is always okay. Andrew Tate is a con artist. Brand new champion putting his belt on the floor. It really doesn't matter, too. Right. It means absolutely nothing. I'll, I'll win, I'll lose. You'll win, you'll lose, man. As long as you guys are happy in your own life and you realize that in, in five years, you when I'm an old man, 10 years, 15 years, I'm an old man, this means absolutely nothing. But I think also, too, that's why people like me because most people are dumb. Mm -hmm. They see me and they're like, oh, yeah, man, like, that was Thanks to Nina Drama, Helen Yee, ESPN Plus for the audio there. Ken Flo, Sean Strickland, your personality of the year for 2023. I just find myself gravitating to any piece of Strickland content that's out there. I understand why he was uh, a breakout personality for you here in 23. Yeah, no question about it. Listen, you know, he's always been outspoken in his interviews. He's been a, a bit of a lightning rod over the years. Um, but I, I think it's his authenticity that has brought in a lot of fans to watch him fight. Whether you hate him or not, a lot of people want to see Strickland fight. Um, and it's not just because of the way that he fights. He certainly has an entertaining style, likes to get in your face. Um, but a lot of things just went right for him in 2023. And, um, you know, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to agree with everything he says. But to have that level of F you in your interviews and to say what you truly mean in a time where everyone is faking it to make it and everyone is afraid uh, to get canceled. Everyone's right. afraid to say certain things. And we've been able to censor um, with with the threat of fear and canceling. That does not affect someone like Sean Strickland. And because of that, um, he, he could have won it just that alone. But he is entertaining. He's funny. Um, and uh, th that's why uh, for me, you know, not only him being undefeated um, and, and winning some other awards, but he is, you know, one of the guys who a lot of people want to hear from. Um, yeah. And he, he's just very real, man. He's very, very real, similar to, you know, Nate Diaz and all those guys. Like, he's as real as it gets. And, um, yeah, he's he was an easy pick for me. He's just relatable, right? I understand that Israel Adesanya is not the favorite son in Sydney, Australia, especially given what he did to Robert Whitaker in Melbourne in 2019. So I did expect Strickland to have some of the crowd, but certainly didn't expect him to have the crowd largely in totality 
against Israel Adesanya. Congrats to Sean Strickland taking three of Ken Flo's 10 awards here in 2023. Congrats to all the winners. Some thank yous to go out. Our DraftKings family, our executive producer, Cody Merrow, our audio engineer, Will Berger. This episode is one of the more intensive ones we do all year. Thanks to those two individuals for making it seamless. Thanks to Ray Longo for his contributions. Even given the technical issues and the dog, we still thank Ray Longo. Jason Anik for all of his help on the business side for Anakin Florian LLC in 2023 and beyond. And of course, Big Ron Pellegrino for just continuing to support this show from afar. We appreciate Big Ron as always. All right, that is going to do it for us this week. We are back next Monday. We will preview the first UFC live event of 2024 coming up January 13th from the UFC Apex. With that, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. Thank you all for watching, for listening. Tell your friends, johnannick.com for all of our merchandise. We'll talk to you next Monday. Until then, yo fucking Time I start a verse, I break at least three commandments. Kinda like Pluto because I never plan it. I'm outlandish in the way they make the patches look like they own ranches. It's the art of war, your blood's the only color on the canvas. And I don't mean it like a thug into how you can get God. Fuck being gangsta, I'm hip hop. You got it every time you walk in the label. The A&R's like, not it. Immune to your shit because I circle, circle, dot, dot it. Body heat is a toxic leak, got a beat, I don't got it. Speak copy, start to think psychically, make the speakers speak elitistly. Off their high horse, make an ass of their use. Your DJ must not know the alphabet for getting his cues. My favorite DJ got the and six extra L's to abuse Esoteric John P and I'm the new kid at school I'm Raider Ellis, nice to meet you Show busting my styles Egocentric, ego tripping with frequent fly smiles DJ wants to get in the bird, he gets in the bird And bird takes the shot He's- You wanna sit it on us? We got commandos on us Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.